0: I love the smell of napalm
1: in the morning. Did you first play? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hole. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning, your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War Through Film.
2: Good morning, campers. Welcome once again. To Napalm in the Morning presents Black Op presents White House Plumbers episode five. Uh, And I hope everybody is doing well.
1: Presents from International Waters. What what is uh, that sound I hear? That's a mosquito net in the background. (laughs)
3: It's me fumbling around in an (laughs) undisclosed undisclosed location somewhere in the Indian Ocean.
2: It's a crying baby. Oh wait, that would be Michael Van. Um, yeah. Uh we're we're went so sad that he missed a
1: podcast.
3: <laughs> yeah, you guys I know He
1: lit us up on Twitter. Wait,
3: wait, wait till you see your ratings tank on that one. You'll be crying.
1: I know. Vanless. Um and uh, yeah, where like give us a, give us a, give us an update, Mike, so that uh, um, sort of Nancy Pelosi style, so people can track your whereabouts and come and, <laughs> neg you uh,
3: and go to go to Padang West Sumatra and uh, turn left. left,
1: yeah, and head out yeah. to those islands. Head or, out to those islands. Uh, where would you uh, the rank ones with the,
3: <laughs> Where would you rank that surf snakes.
1: in uh, in uh, in the global the best of waves? Some
3: some of the best in the world. Some of the best in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm right in the heart of the mental eye in, at Canduie. Um, oh
1: man, um,
3: doing doing research on uh, something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's had a little surf <laughs> retreat, uh, and he's joining us from mosquito netted, um, naked Marlon Brando style. Uh, he's there.
2: Yeah, I'm the one oh, saying. Horror. I'm the one saying the oh, horror, horror. Looking at this uh, Zoom feed right now, but uh, I,
3: I, I I am indeed shirtless. It is hot. I had to turn off my fans. Ugh. So I hope you podcast listeners appreciate yeah. this. Well, Suffering
2: luckily it's art. a Napalm we have other Mini. Fans. Yeah, uh, yeah th- these go so fast. These Napalm Minis. Yeah, yeah. So you know,
1: I breeze right through this. <laughs> I um, can I, I have no
3: idea why they take so long. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so yeah, we're episode five. It's over, folks. Um, so yeah, yeah the. Show's done. The mini, what what do you call that? A mini-series, I guess, is over. Yeah, and limited uh, series. Yeah. Limited series, and <sighs> shall we just get started? We got, yeah, we let's got, jump right in. Th- this is an episode that covers a lot of stuff, a long period of time, uh, and it kind of jumps around quite a bit. We have our, our main protagonists are kind of not very active um, they're kind of more reactive in this uh, episode as opposed to some of the other ones.
1: So, But maybe before we do that, we should do the... yay! I love
2: yay! I love Yay! It's a little early for me.
1: Yeah, this is a... Uh... It is uh, 9 a.m. in the morning. We are not factoring Chicago. How old? Not all of, not all of us are under the same uh, time zone. Yeah,
3: well, uh, that's just a pretext. The real situation here, listeners, is that these two guys went mean girls on me and wouldn't uh, let me sit at their table last week. Uh, so this week, I'm the only one who gets a beer. And the beer of the week in honor of Indonesia is, of course, a Bintang uh, Red Star. Oh, uh, yeah. A delicious, uh, what is it? It's a Pilsner. Yeah. Um, Many rumors of formaldehyde being one of the ingredient.
1: <laughs> it's a preservative. Beloved
3: by loved, beloved by Australians, uh, <laughs> all through Behaving uh, in badly
1: in. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> Little jealous, but it doesn't sound all that appetizing because it's nine a.m. here. But,
1: yeah.
2: Um. Excellent. Well, good. That that is. Uh, I'm glad that Mike is enjoying it. Hopefully, he stays awake for this mini episode. Opening uh, to, at the to f- be honest,
3: to be honest, uh, watching the episode last night. Yeah, with the jet lag and the time change. Yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> I go yeah. back and You're watch it really again. I fell asleep with it running. He's
2: really going to learn some new things. <laughs> Who's this Richard Nixon person they keep
0: talking?
3: <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a dick. Yeah.
2: All right, we are opening at the funeral for Dorothy, who, if you remember. Um, passed away in a plane crash at the very end of the last episode. We have St. John singing terribly while is prodding Hunt about the need to talk about Watergate. The actual song he's singing is written by Jimmy Webb. The song is MacArthur Park made famous God, by I, Richard Harris yeah. and uh, Donna Summer does like a
3: disco version of it. I hate that song <laughs> and I always have. I It gives me some sort of like repulsive flashback to the 70s i just hate that i song. i
1: have a feeling like it's a song that people think is like like meaningful and deep or so, for some in some weird way it, it is it, and it's well, it is. It, it's i don't think it is i mean i think it's, it's well, i
3: i read i read up on it and it's about um uh his impending divorce and he and his wife used to hang out in macarthur park in la and it's a bunch of things he observed happening as they were breaking up, mm-hmm. he, but you know uh, who okay. recorded it, and I would I would like to hear our favorite outlaw country musician Waylon Jennings.
1: Well, okay, yeah. I let's... imagine
3: he did a different, slightly different version than Donna Summer.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna guess that. Oh, and that's
3: and that's about all I have to bring to the conversation tonight. So,
1: all right, on. thanks, Mike. Good seeing you. <laughs> all right, good
3: night. Bye, <laughs> bye, <Bye-bye-mala.
2: laughs> Uh, we are at the wake. Uh, Eric, your great friend William F. Buckley is there.
1: Yeah, yeah, A fellow bow tie wearer. Um, it's a gr- it's a great like uh the the kind of William F. Buckley in kind of automaton style. Like my profound and fathomless condolence. You know, like uh um to have to like uh, sort of process what human emotions might actually seem like. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good. Uh, I don't know who played the Buckley, but it was a it was a funny performance. I liked it.
2: Yeah, he's not in a lot, but he is. Uh, yeah, well, a major, major uh, at this point media figure and um, cons- for conservatives at the time. And uh,
3: this, this this is about the time that Gore Vidal challenged him to a fight on uh, live TV, right? It was this early seventies era.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what year that was exactly, but um, but yeah. I think Vidal was on multiple times on the show Firing Line, wasn't he?
1: By the way, uh, yeah. kids, go watch that if you want to see what actual political debate looks like. in in ages gone by, that's a that's a that's a great one. Ideas are actually being shared.
2: Uh, now uh, you're proposing uh, here that. Uh...
3: <laughs> so who who was that guy with William F. Buckley? Please tell me,
2: Doctor Manuel Artime. You want to know about Artime?
3: Yeah, he seems creepy.
2: <laughs> he is uh, a. Castro lover turned non-Castro lover. Uh, Aren't we all? Yeah. Turned uh, turned against him. uh, Was one of the leaders of the assault at the Bay of Pigs. He's captured May 2nd, 1961. Held prisoner there for roughly 18 months. Returns. Comes to Miami on December 24th, 1962. And, wow, he is greeted. You know, the communist-loving John F. Kennedy just didn't have it in his heart to... uh, turn away one Dr. Uh, Manuel Arteme. So he hosts him at the Orange Bowl, December 29th, 1962. Here is a brief (laughs) excerpt of Kennedy extolling the virtues of one Brigade 2506.
0: I want to uh, express my...
2: Pause. Pause. Great
0: appreciation (laughs) To the Brigade for making the United States the custodian of this flag, I can assure you that this flag will be returned to this Brigade in a free Havana.
1: That was at the Orange Bowl?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he sat with uh, Kennedy and, and Jackie at the, at the Orange Bowl. Um, there's a little bit more to it, but uh, he attempted to assassinate Castro again in 1965. It says in the show that he headed up the Miami Watergate Defense Relief Fund. Fact check: true. Also says he's the godfather to one David Hunt. Fact check: true.
3: The Miami Watergate Defense Relief Fund was out kind of like a live aid kind of thing. <laughs> live aid.
1: It's a great concert. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, they raised nearly the same amount of money. I believe uh, he raised twenty one thousand dollars.
1: Pete, <laughs> Pete Townsend headlined. Yeah, um, and and th- then the, the the series is pretty funny. He ba- they basically have him kidnapping the <laughs> uh the, the the kids later on, but like yeah, he's he's a it's a pretty. Does is he not the same guy in in Breaking Bad the the kind of heading up the the cartel in um in Mexico? I think the same actor. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Pretty good I'm not sure
1: um so uh Liddy is there too at the uh yeah um oh we skipped over we would we, we, we skipped we, over we wouldn't yeah. want to give a we wouldn't you want to go ahead Mike give us the rat well, so
3: so Liddy uh corners Saint John and to console him Liddy tells the rat story um about the uh great French Hanoi rat hunt reconstruction of colonial Hanoi and um, and <laughs> the sewer rats no i'm sorry he the other rat story that when he was a child he cornered a rat killed it and ate it because he was afraid fear. of fear <laughs> and that would that and eat, eating the rat conquered that fear and and he's telling this to poor saint john at his mother's um wake yes
2: saint john who seems to be um imbibing a little bit I, on I, some yeah. kind of you know, cocktail assortment. Is he
1: in Monado? Is he eating rats over there? Um, Yeah, so, um, uh, (laughs) yeah, the, uh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, he he tells that story, you you see him starting to tell the rat story to to, to each child. (laughs) 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 Are you afraid of rats? Um,
2: McCord shows up, he tells uh, Hunt that Bud Crow, who's named the Undersecretary of Transportation, implying that he could uh, perhaps cover up any plane malfeasance. Um and yeah, Lydian Hunt chat. Hunt says uh, he's not writing the book. There's a bunch of conspiracy theory stuff here going on, associated with the plane, other things. Michael Van. maybe this is your uh, well, area of I, expertise. I don't,
3: yeah, I don't know if I like your tone there, Matt, talking about conspiracy theories. I mean, this whole thing is conspiracies. They're not theories. There's, they are real conspiracies going on. Um, I mean, it, it is you know, just asking questions. Why did uh, Dorothy Hunt take out um, almost a quarter million flight insurance policy before the flight? Yeah. Yeah, because she knew just she was going to get murdered
2: on the flight, yep. yet still got on the plane. Yep. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah.
3: And then, hey, we, we, and Nixon.
2: Howard Hunt, we got to get him they, out of the way. Why don't we kill his wife and a bunch of other people, too?
3: Well, and, and the reporter.
1: I'm not saying it was well thought through, but.
2: All right, I have audio. Uh, This is uh, Chuck Colson and Nixon. This is them on tape admitting that they had her killed. So, Mike, I think you're going to be proven right here.
0: extraordinary woman, just extraordinary. I think any judge who
2: has any compassion will call that trial off. Uh, so here they are. They are faking it really well for the secret conversation that they are just having between themselves uh, that boy, boy, I mean, I'm sold.
1: Well, it's later, like when Nixon knows that it's going to be, so he tries to get people to say things on tape, so he's trying to, he knows it's going to be released. That was so.
2: January 8th, 1973 no no sorry nine december nineteen seventy two it's that- uh, conversation
1: yeah um so so the the i i do like the um um you know the the hunt is sort of really careening here and uh yeah, and I think woody harrelson does a good job like playing the the kind of angry bereaved confused uh, frustrated yeah, it's a pretty decent um that is one would be at a wake. So
3: I, at this point in the series, I really began to wonder about what Woody Harrelson was doing with his face because he was sticking out his jaw yes! making that yes! Howard Hunt face. Do you think he was doing a Brando thing and putting something in there or holding his jaw funny? I started doing it while I was watching. It's absolutely exhausting. I'm doing it right now. and it's, it's not good for audio. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's painful. Yeah. Um, it's quite painful. It but helps you, you are,
2: talk, you talk like this. Though, like a, yeah. It helps you talk like this. <laughs> uh, Hunt finds a book uh, in an envelope, carries it in to Karen, the daughter that he likes. Karen. Um, no, Kevin. Sorry. Kevin, the daughter that he likes. Uh, says he has something for his daughter. She can't actually know what it is. She's very interested in the uh, mink coat. I guess.
1: Oh, the camel hair coat. Very
2: bereaved. Can I have the coat, by the way? Very sad. Um, He complies. It should be destroyed so that it looks to be the financial ledger uh, that Dorothy was um, recording kind of all the payments to the various Watergate burglars and the ladies. And have
3: have we mentioned where we know the actress from uh, playing Kevin from? I do not know. She, She was Don Draper's daughter. On Mad Men. Oh. Really? Yeah. I oh, wow. get her name.
1: She's all grown up.
3: All grown up.
2: Amazing. Wow.
3: It's, a, it's amazing how they grow up. Yeah. <laughs> Breaks your heart.
2: Uh, I thought it was interesting. Remember when um, Dorothy said one of the reasons he was going to divorce Howard was because he got St. John involved in uh, the cover up of the Watergate stuff. And here he is repeating the same mistake again. Looks like he hasn't learned very much.
3: I thought that was interesting. Family family business come on, family business. teach them well.
2: <laughs> uh, Liddy calls Dean, Dean says uh, the burgers will get thirty grand a year and um, Liddy, two years in jail, but it'll be at Danbury very light light stuff. Don't worry, and then you'll get the uh, pardon and Liddy kind of says, hunt, he could crack and you know if you need me to, I can't kill him. Um, and then Dean says he needs to meet with Nixon and then we get some audio of Nixon saying uh, that Dean uh, completed a report uh, cleared the White House, White House personnel of any and all wrongdoing um, the audio from that press conference is actually from 29 August 1972 so our time is a little bit off and there was actually no report made Nixon just lied and said that um, but quoting from uh, from Nixon there at this press conference, uh, under my direction, counsel to the president, Mr. Dean, has conducted a complete investigation of all leads which might involve any present members of the White House staff or anybody in the government. I can say categorically that this investigation indicates no one in the White House staff, no one in this administration presently employed, intent was involved in this very bizarre incident. Exactly. Um, presently employed. Yeah. So slight time uh, discrepancy there, but uh, yeah. So here we go. Time to go to court.
1: Um, yeah, the um, we should say that uh, um, you know, in 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 the in the meantime, Nixon is reelected, wins by um, the biggest landslide in um, uh, six largest, I think. Yeah, or the largest plurality of votes, I guess. Is yeah, what they put it in the. Um, and you know again another highlight how unnecessary this <laughs> his the break-ins or his conspiracy was not well um yeah complete uh, you're
2: starting to sound like dorothy there
3: and and just just for context con- considering the nature of this podcast you guys got this is right all going down right at the christmas bombing and then 73 is the announcement of the accords right
2: yeah end of like end all, of january
3: yeah all this is going i mean it's mind-blowing has has anybody looked into this this is like a fascinating period (laughs) in american history i had no idea
2: i think there's actually a book i have not read it but i think it's called like 1973 the year you know america changed forever something like that and it's all about the end of the war in vietnam watergate getting all ratcheted up um
3: my sixth birthday party
2: your sixth birthday party <laughs> Roe v Wade uh all all this stuff so um yeah. I think I got
3: a puppy oh
2: wow very nice we're at court uh eight January 1973 is the date that the trial actually begins um Fran asks Liddy uh if he's sure he does not want her to be there in court oh no 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 I'm going to act like a jackass, <laughs> piss off the prosecution, force a few errors, and take the whole thing to appeals and get it thrown out. Seeing you in the gallery might be forced to remember my manners.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna do his litty. He, there's some there's some great scenes of Thoreau in the courthouse steps. Like, I want to make a statement. My statement is I have no statement. You know, <laughs> smoke a cigar. Yeah, that's all, folks. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good.
3: Um, in 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 reality, was there a big press scrum like that?
1: We did some looking at this because um, we noted that this is, come later that one of the scenes is Hunt saying like, "Oh, no one's at the courthouse," which I find it hard to believe that that was the case. But as I about point out, there wasn't. Um, uh, there was. There was not the press scrum that we saw in in the show. Right?
2: Yeah, I found some some footage. It was silent. There was no audio on it. AP footage of uh, Hunt and Lydia arriving at the court, and there were some press people, but it wasn't like they were not bombarded, surrounded by press as they're depicted in the show.
1: Not like when, and when president gets uh, indicted in a civil case or a criminal case, yeah. So well, um, lock her
2: up. <laughs> so in the courtroom, it seems it's still Judge Sorica. Seems maybe he's predisposed toward the prosecution. Um, and it's a little, you know, in the show, they're kind of making it seem unclear. What are they going to do? Are they going to make a deal? Is Hunt going to cave? Is he going to make a deal? Or whatever. Uh, recorded January 8th, that same day. This is H.R. Haldeman and Richard Nixon. It seems like they have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen at trial. What? Haldeman. So, yeah, we'll, we'll come to what, what actually happens here shortly. Um, this is that same day. Different conversation. This is Chuck Colson and Nixon again discussing clemency for Hunt, and this is a little bit of napalm theater.
1: That's right. This is President Nixon.
2: You know, chocolates something they all undertook knowing the risks, right? What do they think? Uh, Did they think they'd get caught?
1: No, I don't think that at all. I think they thought that, well, practically... Uh, the Dem-
2: uh, Democratizers would drop
1: it after the election? No? I think they figured that, that these were all guys who, you know, CIA... Yeah. And? Yeah. They were taking orders from people, like, acting on behalf of John Mitchell and others.
2: Mitchell would take care of them. How could he? Yeah. No way.
1: That's that's what they were. Hunt's lawyer. He said he thought he, Hunt objected to it violently. He said Liddy is kind of dumb. He said he didn't want any part of it, <laughs> so he won't have to. But he and Hunt recognized. Well,
2: I'm glad to chew uh, them because basically, I uh, question of clemency. Hunt's a simple case. I mean, uh, after all, the man's wife is dead; was killed. He's got one child that has
1: uh, brain damage from an automobile accident. That's right. One of his kids.
2: We'll build, we'll build just, that just son one. of a bitch up like nobody's business. We'll have Buckley write a column and say, you know, that he, he should have clemency if you've given 18 years of service. <sighs> that's what we'll do. He served under Hunt in CIA, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> well uh, after blah, after them, that's it. It's on the merits. I would have difficulty with some of the others.
1: Uh, Sorry, I read
2: your line, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a roll.
3: You were doing, you were, you yeah. you were inhabiting the character.
2: Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Nixon discussing giving clemency to Hunt, but not some of the other ones.
1: Yeah, the, the, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say it, we'll say it through the podcast, but, um, not to belabor it, but, one of the problems with this episode is that, um, sort of like the last, you know, couple seasons of Game of Thrones, like we go like we're covering major swaths of ground in, um, you know, in kind of record speed in minutes, and so there there's kind of a, um them jumping. There's so much that happens in the in the, the course of Watergate that is not um, part of this. Now, I mean, it is hey Eric that
2: ode to the Confederacy script isn't going to write itself.
3: <laughs> yeah, true. but no it it, it it is like Game of Thrones Where everything's thrown at the end It doesn't quite have that same pacing That uh, a really yeah. fine show Like The White Lotus has <laughs>
1: okay. I hear next season is set in Bali
3: <laughs> Actually, actually I'm, at, I'm at The White Lotus Mental-wide to be <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very <laughs> The man, The manager is a bit of a head case <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Um, and, uh, I mean, so that, so they don't have time to, to go through, um, what's happening, but the, the, I mean, the, the country is, is riveted, um, outside of, you know, outside of the show, what the show is showing. It's a, it's an incredible sort of, uh, circus that, that, that everyone you talk to who is, um, you know, 15 and up, 12 and up in this era, like it's the central moment that they remember of, where they were?
3: It's 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 my earliest memories. My dad yelling about Watergate, that and the Christmas bombing.
1: About how innocent Nixon is. He was yelling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and I remember the Doonesbury cartoon, the guilty, 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 guilty.
2: Uh, we have a group dinner with all the conspirators meeting together in public, which I think is a little interesting. Um, yeah, have happened, yeah. talking about how oh don't worry the money's not traceable hold tight the prosecution will have nothing and then it's Bernard Barker right who kind of comes to hunt and says it, St- uh,
3: is it Sturgis
2: or was it Sturgis 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 hinting it more yeah. JFK shit uh, to hunt you know eh, better keep
1: tell,
3: quiet tell them to keep quiet about what was going on in Dallas
2: yeah
1: Oliver Stone might make that movie yeah
2: Hunt's meeting with prosecutors. They have all the stuff from his safe, except his notes on the gemstone stuff, which means Dean didn't give them to the FBI. So there are no ties to the White House, and that means that Hunt and Dean will take the fall, I guess is what we're supposed to uh, get from that.
3: Yeah, and that's too bad because the gemstone's really good. I mean, that is another solid HBO show.
1: <laughs> that's the righteous. You are getting max money, aren't you? <laughs> Max money.
2: <laughs> same, yes. with, same with me. Uh, safe reality check. Let's do a safe reality check. FBI Director Patrick Gray destroyed some evidence from the safe that he was given to uh, by Dean, uh, including the fake memo that Howard Hunt wrote about uh, the assassination of Ziem, nineteen sixty three, implicating Kennedy in it. Um, a bunch of stuff about Chappaquiddick with the other Kennedy. Uh, another interesting find in his safe were real-life microphones hidden in chapstick tubes. That's what they used to communicate with the burglars. I thought they would should put that in the show, but they did not do that. Um, yeah, other
1: that, that was admitted under, under oath later that, that those were destroyed, yeah.
2: Other stuff in there, a gun, which mm. was Dorothy's gun. Various letters from... And photographs of men that Dorothy had had affairs with, also in the safe.
3: Well, why, why isn't this worked into the show? So, th- I
2: know when they were having their breakup thing at the airport, and, you know, hey, you slept around a bunch in the past, and oh, so did you, blah, blah, blah. I think they were kind of hinting at this. Mm, okay. Um and so yeah. yeah, they were so the FBI interviewed her about all this stuff that they found in the safe. And, you know, she admits they're real, that she thought that he had destroyed all these letters or whatever, but evidently he had not. Um but that yeah, in the kind of like late fifties into the sixties they were having some some marital issues and decided to stick it out for the family. You wonder, if it's like, is
1: Hunt keeping these? Like, I'm going to have these people killed. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <They're> know. Like,
2: <laughs> I wonder. I Pictures of them,
1: of the guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Um.
2: So those are some other fun things from the safe.
1: Uh, and then, uh, then we're on to Hunt making a deal with prosecution, um, in January '73, saying he and Liddy acted on their own. Um, now, what really happened, you guys?
2: That actually happened on January 11th. He admits in court no quote higher ups were involved. Cubans all plead guilty on January fifteenth. Liddy and McCord are found guilty on January thirtieth. So the only ones that are found guilty on January thirtieth, again, Liddy McCord. Hunt makes that deal January eleventh. Um, yeah, and then another uh, <laughs> fun note from from the Nixon tapes: Charles Colson calling uh, Judge Circa a quote hot headed Italian. Uh, I, I, uh, just the Nixon tapes, man. They're just so good. Um, yeah. So there you go. Looks like they're in some trouble here.
1: There's a touching scene of father daughter, um, helping him with his tie. Yeah. The daughter He's he doesn't like. Try. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the one he does not like, um,
3: who's got brain seen? damage. Come on.
1: Just, just the one, uh, and, um, the the in, in the trial they i mean i understand for the series they can't like have all these like you know, side stories but um in actuality um you know McCord writes writes a letter separately um and and that is that is um not read in court when when everyone else is there but read uh, as evidence um by Sirico. and um
2: oh he does he does read it in court yeah he does read he does yeah. read
1: aloud and knowingly putting it in the public domain i thought that was a um, which is kind of risky. I mean, it should be in the public domain. i was saying, be risky because like you worry about a mistrial or or you know like what well, a judge bias. Like um, I mean, I mean, other things happen to prov- provide more amounts of evidence that they wouldn't even need this. But yeah,
2: Cubans get forty years. Liddy twenty five. Hunt thirty five years. And they they were talking before about oh we'll just get maybe two. Blah blah blah. It'll be easy. All this stuff—that is, as of now, That's not the lot. case. Um, when Hunt was facing sentencing, he does—I think we hinted at this last episode a little bit—but yeah, he blackmails the White House, threatens to disclose "quote seamy things" end quote about some of the other work he's done for Nixon's team, unless he starts receiving more money to pay legal fees, cover his family's living expenses uh for at least a year until his sentence is commuted as he expected. Wait.
3: Membership at four clubs does add up.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh keeping up with the Joneses isn't easy. Um and then uh and then we're then we're on to we're on to jail. We're off to uh um there's some good scenes of uh and uh uh Liddy's uh I'd like the
2: lift your stick. Um, The spread them theme 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 seemed maybe a bit overkill, but uh, lift your stick that is in Liddy's memoir.
3: Some guys are lift your stick guys. Some guys are spread them guys.
1: (laughs) It's, you know, it's what makes the world great. Yeah. Um, Now in, in the, in the show, it shows everyone, all buddies in the cell block in the same sort of, I, 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 do we know if that happened? I, I find it hard to believe that, that
2: So for a while they are in the same like area, yeah, of the same jail jail. Um and that that will change because different guys get moved differently depending on like, you know, pleas and different things. Um but for a period they are together. Right. So they're not I don't think like uh a- roommates though.
3: Look like one of the April upper, upper floors in Emerald City on uh Oz, one of HBO's uh early uh, premiere dramas.
1: God damn it, man. Um yeah, the 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 I thought the prison stuff was pretty funny. There, you know, there there's lots of uh, Liddy working out and uh Comes up with an exercise regimen for Hunt.
3: Lydia <laughs> Lydia is thriving, and Hunt is wilting before our eyes. Yeah, he starts to get sick, and but Lydia is in his. He's element. doing legal
1: work for all the all the other <laughs> inmates. <laughs> yeah, he's never been more adulated and happy.
2: Yeah. Um, they read that McCord is out, free, and talking. Hey, what what's going on? What what? How's McCord out? So he. Yeah, that's Got right. upward of a 45 year sentence reduced to four months by cooperating. And I don't do you want to hear a bit of yeah. Cord's uh, testimony? Absolutely. The
0: truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you, Dog.
1: Hey, uh, and a very important reason to me was the fact that uh, the Attorney General himself,
0: Mr. John Mitchell, at his offices had considered
1: and approved the operation according to Mr. Liddy, secondly, that
0: the counsel for the president, Mr. John Dean, had participated in those decisions with him.
2: There he implicates Mitchell and Dean just in that one little brief
1: and and a, and a week later, White House Counsel John Dean will begin cooperating with uh, federal Watergate prosecutors, so that's uh, that's that's happening. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I, I told I told you guys I sent you a little voice memo that uh, this morning here at the White Lotus went to why I had I was having breakfast with uh, a legit one percenter, um, uh, and he gave me a little deep throat information. He told me that he was mcgruber's uh neighbor when he was a child growing up and i was confused and i thought it was mccord uh and then when i realized i was very disappointed but um anyway (laughs) that was my deep throat connection here at white lotus
1: well speaking of deep throat um the the another problem i had with the series is that uh I think I think in 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 the in the kind of collapsing everything in the last episode a, a character like Mark felt like the the titular deep throat is uh, who seems to be definitely introduced earlier so that and, and is a main actor a, a recognized one that doesn't show up at all like in the
3: I, I think titular deep throat something else but go on
1: <laughs> I I pitched you that softball Mike knowing you could not resist swinging <laughs> at it and I was not disappointed I lifted my stick. <laughs> You lifted your stick and sworn. uh, yeah, he's just, I
2: guess it's just he's not super connected to them anymore, I guess. But no, he's not, um, but, but
1: I, I, I mean,
2: he's involved with in them. I guess what I wanted
1: is a whole series like a multi, you know, this could be a great um, long form sopranos like uh, something or other. And that that's that's part of my frustration. Is I wanted
3: what, here, here's an idea what if they made a film? About these two reporters that uh, <laughs> no one worked that. with him.
1: <laughs> yes, it has been covered. Uh, all the presidents men
3: and uh, and, and, and 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 actually, I, I I did enjoy that this was a uh, Edward and Bernstein uh, free
1: uh... right because that's the thing that everyone focuses on. So, you know, that all the kids will know coming out. But yeah, yeah.
2: should we check in with Dick? Yes. Let's check in with Richard Nixon, March 27, 1973. What's on his mind? Miss Julie's
0: calling. All right, thank you. Hello? Hello? Daddy? Hi, Julie. I wanted to tell you that the bowling alley is finished and that it's beautiful. Oh, that's great, sweetie. Uh, I want nice. you to know that it is so beautiful. Uh, nice. It's the prettiest one I've ever seen. I'll get down to see it sometime. Good. And uh, I won't get over tonight, as I and told I you. I told them uh, for dinner. That's yeah. great. You have a good time. I want you to hear something cheery because it really is gorgeous. Great. And also, we've got the new music uh, machine up in the solarium. It has a TV, and on top of the TV, is a record player, and on top of that, a tape set. It's fabulous. Uh, <laughs> great, you really? we willing to do that uh, up there. That's great, city. Well, when does mommy leave? Uh, at three o'clock tomorrow.
1: Great. My world is collapsing around me.
0: Good. <laughs> okay. Bye.
2: God, he did not want to talk to her at all, did he? Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Good. Oh, no music machine. Okay. Well, I gotta. Uh,
1: yeah, that's when like Mike's kids are talking him to about the you know uh, BTS or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's great, uh, fascinating. Um, good <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the kidnapping of David is pretty great. <laughs> I've seen this? I got a little stressed as a dad. Like, well, hunts in jail. He sold the house, and uh, yeah, um, Godfather's coming to pick up his. He'll be taken care of, um, and then they run off. Um,
3: that, that was terrifying. That was terrifying. Do, do, do you guys know much about his experience living with?
1: No. He Q he's the on one him? that wrote the book, though. The he's the real QAnon kind of guy.
2: I thought Saint John was the QAnon one.
1: What? Oh, is it not David? Anyway, we'll, hey we'll guys, get... guys.
3: I, I I again, I'm gonna tone check you on that. This isn't QAnon world. I mean, there he's there's a real a both lot.
1: Si- Mike's a real both sides. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: It's not a conspiracy theory, okay?
3: It's a conspiracy.
1: He's asking questions. It's all conspiracy.
2: Uh, We have a little montage of news clips being played, um, placing blame on Dean. Uh, The kids that were not kidnapped meet Hunt in jail. Hunt says he might write a book. St. John gets very upset about that and leaves. And the daughter says, just want to throw this out there. Maybe. Maybe run with me for a second on this. Maybe the Democrats weren't in cahoots with Castro. What? Maybe it's all a bunch of bullshit. Oh, and uh John Dean made a made a deal. <laughs> what? That was supposed to be our pardon, our way out with the pardon.
1: Yeah. Um and so now now right, everyone is uh, and it the world is starting to um, Hunt Hunt's position is getting undermined, and uh you know, and Liddy becomes the is starting to become the only one who truly believes in this cause, you guys. He's a ride or die kind of guy.
2: yeah. uh Cubans are yeah out. Liddy and Hunt only remain in the jail. I'll get to that in a second. uh Dean gives his testimony the impl- he implies that there are tapes. Dean did not actually know that there were tapes. He just thought there might be tapes. Um, his statement is, uh, very, very significant. Um, he implicates himself, but also, you know, many other higher ups in the White House. His opening statement alone is 245 pages. I think he testified for four days. Um, Liddy's still pretty pumped though. Says he might, uh, he will kill Dean and Hunt passes out and Liddy picks him up and carries him off, screams, medic.
1: (laughs)
3: I thought that was very touching,
1: <laughs> but why? why uh, is it is this where he punches the guard? No, that's that, that's, that's later. later. Okay, yeah, um, he, he, explain, he
3: explains explains the that he's got somebody in a cell yeah. box six that will kill him <laughs> for a carton two, of cigarettes. Two of, <laughs> yeah, and he, his plan is to punch the guard so he'll be in solitary, so he can't be connected to
1: the hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: The carryout scene. I think they were on uh, Colbert talking about it. Uh, Harrelson and Thoreau, oh yeah, and how Woody, um, <laughs> underneath his clothes, put like a bunch of weights, like sandbags. So, and- yeah, so he'd oh, be really? like super heavy. <laughs> so when he tried to pick him up to carry him, he wouldn't be able to lift him.
3: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, like a hundred pounds of sandbags on him. And Thoreau's like, what the-?
3: Thoreau's looking pretty fit in that. Uh, he is uh, uh, getting he, checked into jail soon.
1: He's a shirtless guy. Yeah, he's um, him and Van or. Yeah. Bringing out the sun's out, guns out.
2: Uh, Watergate Select Committee is formed on seven February 1973. The Senate votes 77 to nothing to form the committee. Uh, and hearings begin May 17th, 73. Sam Irvin from North Carolina chairs the committee, and it is a big deal. Broadcast on all three networks. PBS would run um, at night, would kind of rerun the the hearings from the day. Estimated that upwards of 85% of the country saw some, at least some of the hearings. Um, and, you know, this is something, you know, my dad told me about, you know, it was a big deal in that summer of '73, watching the hearings and stuff. And, uh,
1: and, and this is, we might add, like, from uh, from, a, from a sort of a Magic Communities Ben Anderson point of view, like, this is something we'll never see again. This kind of, um, Simultaneous experience that people are having. I mean, now you know you don't you can silo yourself in whatever media, and so this is the kind of thing that you that those of us who are older know that there are only a few things, only few stations, only few things on the channel, and there was no way to avoid. Everyone was having this conversation. Everyone was seeing the same facts essentially um, put forward.
2: Yeah, all three CBS, NBC, ABC for the first couple weeks at the same time played the hearings. And then they did a thing. I have, I have, I have,
3: I have have vague memories of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, huge deal. So the dean testimony, the later, later Butterfield, you know, all all of it, um, very, 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 very significant. Yeah. Um, So the committee actually lasts until June seventy four when it issues its report.
1: And I think it's, I think it's in for American history. It's a breaking point in the like that that. They should have known that their government was up to things that uh, that it didn't say it was up to. But um, this was a point where your that becomes um, a true reality that that you can't you can't back away from. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, some say the end of sort of idea, sort of the idea of the, the, the some of the left and the right, um, and a more uh, Machiavellian pragmatic um, uh, approach that some of them, the, the sort of the starry eyed days of the 60s are gone
3: um, yeah I I, I I, can clearly remember being about 6 years old and having a conversation with my dad who he's trying to explain this to me and I was asking him how can the law break the law <laughs> It like it broke my right. little brain and you know <laughs> here's what you get this is why Gen X turned out the way it did
1: you're welcome yeah Uh yeah, Hunt Hunt's in the hospital, um, has a stroke and uh the the daughter he likes That's true comes in um to see him. But she's got the goods. Uh do we know if that's yeah, true? she, she does. brought those with her? The
2: That I don't know. My guess is probably not, but
1: Yeah. She has she has her mother's books the ledger book that she was supposed to have destroyed. It says come clean or she'll turn it over to prosecutors. And um and he's, he almost has another stroke in bed.
2: We have a, another Nixon speech. They, they play this kind of over another montage of headlines. Let's just listen real quick to some of what he's actually montage. saying. This is August 15th, 73.
0: These facts. I had no prior knowledge of the Watergate break-in. I neither took part in nor knew about any of the subsequent cover-up activities. I neither authorized nor encouraged subordinates to engage in illegal or improper campaign tactics. That was, and that is, the simple truth. In all of the millions of words of testimony, there is not the slightest suggestion that I had any knowledge of the planning for the Watergate break-in. As for the cover-up, my statement has been challenged by only one of the 35 witnesses who appeared. A witness who offered no evidence beyond his own impressions.
2: That's Dean. And whose
0: testimony has been contradicted by every other witness in a position to know the facts.
2: Mm, but the tapes would say I a difference. Tonight, so, uh,
1: can, uh, I, can I jump in to say that? Um, yeah. So, uh, this is that, that was August 15th, right? Yeah. Um, so, less than a month before um, Alex Butterfield, former presidential appointment secretary reveals that all conversations and telephone calls in Nixon's office have been taped since 71. Um, And then a few days later, uh, he orders that... Nixon orders the the tape system disconnected. uh, And then uh, uh, five days after that, on the 23rd of July, he refuses to turn over the tapes to the Senate um, Watergate Committee. And, um, of course, that'll go all the way up to the Supreme Court. But... um, yeah, it's so it's kind of, it's pretty ballsy for in August 15th for him to think, okay, I'm going to win. I'm going to, those tapes are never going to see the light of day, right? Like he knows this is in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, I guess what you have to, you have to run that gauntlet. What other choice do you have if you've already come this far as a criminal?
2: Liddy's going to court to testify. They put uh, Dean in a waiting room with him, which uh, I thought was a little odd. Dean says uh, Nixon was going to screw him over, so he flipped. Um, and then Nixon thought, Liddy, you're such a sap and that they could easily pin it all on you. And it kind of ends with Liddy holding a pencil. Like, at first I wasn't sure, like, was he, like, <laughs> thinking, oh, maybe I'll kill myself with a pencil, or was that for Dean, who had just left no. the room? So, yeah. He's going
3: to he was going to kill Dean with the pencil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reality. wasn't, wasn't yeah, that, sorry. wasn't Go that on. in the first episode? Yeah. Isn't that how we first see Liddy? Right. He's like showing rape
1: defense by, uh, <laughs> stabbing an eye out with a pencil.
3: Right. I, yeah. Through the
2: jugular.
1: And then later in the episode, he'll, you know, in prison, he'll lament that he doesn't have a, they're not allowed to have pencils.
2: <laughs> uh, so reality on March 22nd, Nixon asked Dean, Go to Camp David. Why don't you know, write a report about kind of everything you know about Watergate? Just put it all in this report. And then by doing that, Dean realizes, well, I'm just going to implicate myself in all of this stuff and that you'll just use it against me and screw me over. And so I'm not going to do that. So that's when Dean starts to realize maybe I'm going to have to turn, yeah. which he does do. Uh, Hunt is back from his little trip to the ER. Tells Liddy that Ehrlichman and Halderman are gonna get it for perjury. Krog turned down a plea deal. What a uh, what a great man he is. Uh Colson told um that Time magazine that CIA had killed Dorothy, that he saw that in Time magazine. Uh that is reported by Time magazine in real life. But Oh, and you guys
3: are gonna call this Q and on crazy conspiracy theory, huh? Yes,
2: I am going to. Uh it's
3: in it's in Time magazine. Come on, man. Okay, Re- okay. So it's not
2: it's not just in Time magazine. Okay. First of all, it's in Time magazine in July of nineteen seventy four, so that would the timeline does not work out at all in terms of the show. Colson wanted a PI, private investigator, by the name of Richard Lee Bass to kind of look into CIA involvement in Watergate. So Colson basically thinks the CIA is gonna take over the nation, that the CIA did Watergate, that we we didn't do anything, it was all the CIA. So he is essentially looking at it as a for a scapegoat sort of thing. So this, from time, from July 8, 74. C.I. was involved in all aspects of Watergate, said Colson as he ticked them off. The agency helped carry out the burglary of the office of Danielsburg psychiatrist. Destroyed evidence. Put out a cover story to camouflage its part in the Watergate break-in. Tried to divert the FBI from investigating it.
1: Yeah, because Nixon told him to do that.
2: Uh, right, that was the, the White House <laughs> scapegoat. He confessed yeah. to Bass... I don't say this to my people. They'd think I'm nuts. I think they killed Dorothy Hunt. Uh,
1: yeah, it's um uh it's an ugly it's you know the thing is the the, the CIA is not beyond reproach here. Um the white, like the, it's tough to know which is dirtier at this point in um in in 74 uh we'll, we'll we'll get lots of there'll be there'll be enough there'll be enough venom to go around for I think each agency.
2: Um, Hunt says uh, every decision he made, uh, put her on that plane. He's getting soft. Um, Quote, if you, me, and Bug Crow are the last honorable people, honorable men in D.C., then you have to take a real hard look at what honor is worth these days.
3: Uh, Props to you, Matt, for going for gender-neutral language, but this was indeed 1973 and 1974, and he did
2: say men. Yes. I wanted to make sure the quote was accurate, so yes. yes. Thank you. Uh, but but, but I,
3: I know in your heart you wanted to do the right thing there.
2: Thank you. you. Did what a heart. You know, if everybody could be as honorable as me, then
3: uh, yeah, everything would. Uh, be again, great. again, as as, as uh, the, the guest DEI officer, I just uh, I want to commend you for that. Good
2: job. So Hunt's gonna go cooperate. Liddy's not happy. They have a bit of a standoff. This is this is Eric where Liddy decks an officer. Two cartons of Pall Malls. Um, right. So I guess the implication is he could have Hunt killed if he wanted to.
3: Yeah, and right. Right before he decks the officer, they have that showdown, and then they uh, they have to walk out with uh, uh, Liddy behind Hunt, and uh, Woody's got this really nervous look on his face. I, th- I thought this was great, and you know, it, and honestly, it was heartbreaking seeing these two guys who were once the best of buddies uh, torn apart by. Um,
2: they fell in love. With, you know? Yeah, you should see the letters. Liddy's he wrote in, me love letters.
1: Liddy's singing the national anthem or the Star Spangled Banner or something as he's getting dragged away. <laughs> That's a pretty good performance. Um, and then Hunt, better,
3: than, better than the next song he sings, but we'll uh, get to that.
1: Yes. Uh, Hunt testifies before the committee, and um, but Dean and the other, um, you know, what's happened the the the, the White House seven, the Watergate seven, Mitchell Haldeman, Ehrlichman, Colson uh, uh Mardian and Parkinson they they've all been indicted. everything is so so uh, again i I don't I don't know, but it is you know he's sort of uh, um, Hunt is disappointed that you know after he testifies like no one's paying attention and no one's coming to the courthouse steps. I find that hard to believe, but um, they 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 play it for dramatic effect how alone he is in the world. so I, I get it. I get it writers.
2: He gets transferred to minimum security due to his cooperation, even though there's not like they already know a lot of the stuff that he could have given them earlier. Uh, That's true. He does get transferred to Danbury. The Cubans get transferred there as well. Fran asks Liddy why he won't take the deal and come home. Because he wants to be known as the man who would not break uh quoting from the show if all i've done is to undermine the average american's faith in government that will pay dividends for the republican party far into the future
3: oh boy
1: yeah yeah that doesn't sound um like the president at all so uh yeah uh and then and then it kind of switches frame to sounds very reagan to 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 dean being a celebrity you know, speaking of Brown, him sort of the, you know, savior um, here. Now he mentions Brown Hunt but,
2: actually graduated from Brown.
1: Yeah, he says that right in the in the film or some like yeah, reference to Hunt.
3: Hunt uh, when he's when he's uh, has to lift his stick, he said it was like his fraternity days at Brown.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this is a pretty great scene. Um, uh, Liddy had been working to get a kosher meal for uh, one of the inmates. And you know, it's like, turns out these African Americans uh, were not guilty of these things. They were, uh, yeah. Are they? <laughs> they're, yeah, yeah, they're right? getting
2: heavily, he- heavier sentences. Like, so Liddy, yeah. Liddy's
1: a lawyer, so he's he's relitigating their cases for them, and uh, uh, they do like this sort of slow clap um, uh, for Lydia as he's in the lunch line, and everyone is cheering him, and he's sort of tearing up. and <laughs>
3: And and he, he he's so excited to be finally recognized. And there, the, the, I love the way they shot this scene because, like, he's finally he's it, this is what he's always wanted, is to be recognized as as this genius. And he's so happy he can't bur- help himself, and he bursts into song. And what the f does he sing? It's the horse vessel song. It's like the co national anthem. Like this is yeah. this is the, the Nazi the, national the, the Nazi song about horse vessel the street fighter uh pimp who was murdered and uh uh and then they claimed it was the communists like what this Liddy character, man. And,
1: and and it and it's the and it's the of course the black inmates that he's been helping get clemency and then yeah. the the the, the, the Jewish, Jewish yeah. <laughs> inmate. <laughs> well the, that the, was the, great. you
3: like, start Liddy throws up a zig Heil. <laughs> And then a couple of the white guys immediately respond and the, the Jewish murderer who he just got the kosher meal for yeah. starts looking a little, oh, like, oh wait a minute. <laughs> I, uh, oh,
1: that was a great scene. I hope, so hope the audience appreciated that.
2: He, in his autobiography, says he did, you know, sing this song. Like if, like he was getting harassed with like, uh, according to him, racial epithets from African-American prisoners, he would sing this song in response. Um, kind of as a celebration of his uh, so-called
3: Aryan superiority.
1: Yeah, um...
3: and you guys may not believe this, but I do have uh, the lyrics of uh, the horse vessel song in um, 20th Century Voices, uh, the book that came out before uh, the Great Hanoi Rat Hunt. So, uh, oh, I thought, you,
1: uh, nice. I thought you so you had that on your iPod. You, um... <laughs> no
3: no 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 uh
1: uh and then and then it's back to 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 hunt um menial labor in his minimum security prison and he hears that uh nixon has resigned august 9th 1974
2: he served 33 months in prison this is an excerpt from Politico, so please um, have your barf bags ready. But um, <laughs> quote, that's his sentence.
1: So, so counter, little bit of counterfactual history from a historian's guys. What do you think? What was the decision to from from Ford and Carter to sort of like put this behind us and like kind of like mind wipe um, this away and let's get back to the you know believing in government? Like, um, was that a was that a was that the right from their point of view the right decision how would and how would it have been different if they this this intense focus on um scrutiny scrutinizing the government had 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 maintained its... its I understand
2: that their point of view like ford's point of view um so i get it makes sense the country's been obsessed with watergate for 2 years and if we have to go now into another trial where the main defendant is the friggin' ex president, it's just going to continue the obsession. We're not going to be able to move on. And so let's just make a clean cut and just step forward. So I get it makes sense from that perspective, but, but
3: come on, man, come on, man, you've, you disappoint me.
1: How does that disappoint you? He's just saying he can understand. Justice. From there. Justice. justice. No, I, that's They're what I'm guilty, saying. I'm not I saying I <laughs> agree with it.
2: I'm saying I understand from Ford's perspective. He's the president now. Right. He's got to lead the country. And if the whole country is still like obsessed watching the latest in the Nixon trial, you know, it's going to be hard to, you know, if we're like relitigating Watergate day, 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 every
1: day.
3: Well, maybe it would deflect attention from him falling down the stairs, getting on planes.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Heads up to Chevy Chase. Yeah. The I think the um uh I have a more insidious uh, point of view about this, which is that um I think if you start scratching the surface too much about um d- democracy not actually um existing, that the the oligarchy that actually is in play, the Subversion as foreign policy as a sort of de facto uh, strategy of the United States in the Cold War uh, and beyond. It if you you know the if you can sort of put it to rest. Like there were there were there were some bad actors and you know uh, but let's not let them spoil the bunch. That if you start chipping away at the the, the narrative that the U.S. is built on, um, and and you 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 run the risk of them acknowledging the the sort of some of the lies behind even bigger truths about who the,
3: the depth of the rock, the depth of the rock. The yeah. System. And
1: right. And the, the, the hypocrisy that, that um, is, is embedded in so much of the um, structures of the way that, um, you know, race, class, gender economics have unfolded in the United States that um, I think you've got to shut this down. If you're the, if you're the government, you've got to, um, th- this is well. Di- stuff dangerous. kept coming out,
2: though. They kept holding hearings. You know, they kept holding yeah. hearings on CIA, CIA assassinations and stuff. And
1: whole mess of stuff was reported in those. And and some some changes were made, right? Um, but but w- w- some of the changes that were made were, you know, uh, plausible deniability became like, now let's ha- let's we don't involve the president in those things. We know they need to happen, but we don't. Like we're not dumb enough to, um you know, we've learned a less with Nixon. And so it, right. It, uh, uh, it, it finds a way to operate in just another strategy, another. Um, how
3: so? How much, I mean, please tell me guys, um, I find your country so fascinating. Um, how much of this was a political calculation on Ford's behalf? Cause he, he was not elected vice president, right? Spiro Agnew was, and Spiro, Spir- Agnew in corruption charges. Where, <laughs> where, where did Ford, where did Ford come from? Was he the, he was uh, he was the House of Representatives.
2: Yeah, he was the minority leader in the House.
3: Is is that is that the by the Constitution or is that just no, the president could pick anybody?
2: Nixon selected him because he he seemed you know for his era he was pretty moderate uh, Republican and seemed like somebody that kind of both sides could sort of get behind. Yeah, he had and, to get con-
1: he had to get confirmed, but he Nick, Nixon could choose. Yeah. yeah, and
2: after after but after not circumcised Agnew. They, they, you 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 can't have the flamethrower that you know Agnew was. Um, you you got to have somebody a little bit more pliable. Was
3: so. was was Agnew the one who coined the phrase the the nattering nabobs of negativism?
2: Mm,
1: I'm not sure. Was he the nattering it, nabob? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that that you go, go down go down a spiro Agnew. Spiro, oh uh, god, uh, like uh, so, so much stuff crazy. there. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much stuff there. <laughs> like that that if, it, it, if not for Watergate, that would have been the yeah. Meltdown
3: of Greek American, right? Greek American. Yeah, he's from uh, Baltimore, I think. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Well,
3: so I mean, there was, it's such a big deal about Kennedy being the first Catholic president. Um, you know, if 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 were it not for the corruption deal, Spiro Agnew would have been president.
1: Yeah, right. Sorry, guys.
3: Been... I I know I know you've thought about this stuff before, but it's also new and fascinating <laughs> to me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, he would have been god, he would have burned that White House down. Like that guy, <laughs> that guy makes Nixon look like a babe in the woods. Um,
3: but, but my point here is in terms of like American, like uh, racial and ethnic politics, this would be the uh, I mean, Kennedy's the, the one Catholic president, but like first non Biden, non Northern European, Biden,
1: when what about when, Biden? Biden's Catholic, when. When will we have a president? Band, too. When will we have a president who okay, looks like perfect. who looks like us, you guys? Maybe someday we'll be able to have a president <laughs> like, who, like, like this, like, this <laughs> podcast. I got news for you. <laughs> exactly. I got Maybe. news for
3: the listeners. <laughs> we are all. We are all definitely presidential material. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mike's getting pretty tan over there in Indonesia. The, in the he's looking little orange. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's ready to spray spray it up.
3: Coming from Hawaii, my birth certificate may be suspect.
1: Uh, true. Yep. Uh, well, um, yeah, this was, this was, uh, any, 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 any final thoughts on our. Uh, well, I, 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 I the, the,
3: the outgoing credit uh, or card, you know, all where they, have, HBO does their disclaimer saying, you know, this is based on true events. Some of the characters are, are fictionalized. Some of the dialogue is fictionalized, but we can confirm that, uh, Lily did go on to, uh, appear in two episodes of Miami Vice.
1: Yeah, that was yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's how we bring Liddy back. We'll do uh, we'll do a Miami Vice Magnum PI crossover and get the
3: uh, um. He wasn't uh, Miami Vice. He wasn't on Magnum PI.
1: But Vietnam was a Magnum PI. So world, uh,
3: world world of world of difference.
1: We we will. I, I I meant to do the top. Remind our listeners, of course, that the you know um, this does this does fit our Vietnam theme. It's in the era and. Definitely, um, it's the cover-up of the Pentagon f- Papers, spectacular failure of, of an unwinnability of Vietnam that that causes the entire sort of charade to unfold to try to find those leaks.
3: Yeah, and um, the Pentagon Papers weren't even about what Nixon did.
1: Yeah, again, which goes Shakespeare- to my theory. It's Shakespearean, man.
3: Shakespearean. Which
1: go which goes to my theory. theory- the well, not I mean, not so controversial, but like y- you. This is about larger, like, you know, belies the truths in the government, which um, you can't have the public knowing those things, right, if you want to keep this m- m- So therefore
2: we must commit many crimes.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah.
3: Also, one of the points that came out in the trial uh, or discussion of the trial in the series of that was interesting, that, it, that the break-in wasn't as bad as the hush money.
1: Right, it's always the cover-up.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's well, always
3: well raising the stick or the cover up. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's
2: uh, promote a real quick book, Eric. You got the button there.
1: Yeah, I do. Book, book of, of the week. week.
2: We'll just do this. This the show uses, I think, this as a source, and this is kind of the newest, grandest, if you will. Uh, look at Watergate. Garrett M. Graff, Watergate: A New History, just came out last year. So, um, and that that's a big. Big boy book. Um, yeah, 832 pages. So I've not yet read it, so I can't uh, comment specifically on it, but uh, it is probably the most up-to-date. So why don't you check that out for a little bit of a deeper dive on, on Wargate-related stuff.
1: I'll add the, uh, the old classic uh, Stanley Cutler's um, uh, kind of definitive history. Oh, war- Wars of Watergate. Wars of Watergate. Yep. Um, that's 1990.
2: That one I have read.
1: And uh, so that, that's uh that's um enough enough dust had settled for some things to be known that couldn't be um back in a kind of all the presidents men kind of phase. So that's the difference between journalism and history. So check out Wars of Watergate.
3: All right. I got nothing. This is all new to me.
1: Eric <laughs> is uh gonna
2: go flee the country again. So who knows when we'll see you folks. Yeah.
3: Uh I believe come, we come come join me listeners. In
1: little 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 tantalizing treat uh next uh next broadcast you could hear um Yours Truly and Dr. Van um uh in Foreign Shores don't together don't promise
2: anything that you know is a 90% chance of failing and not happening <laughs> so uh we'll see you again i think we have a couple things prepped for you or at least one thing prepped already so yeah you can listen to that when it comes out all
1: right, so uh, well, thanks again, folks. At had, Napalm
2: Podcast on Twitter.
1: If there are other, if there are other sort of sidebars like this, little minis, you'd like us to explore. This is very short. This one, um, yeah. yeah. Like hit us up, give us some suggestions, movies and whatnot. Um, and uh, well, I'm uh, I've been Eric. He's been Matt. You've been Mike.
3: I'm, st- I'm still Mike fan. <laughs> See you guys. See you guys. Bye-bye. I
1: love the smell of napalm in the morning.
0: Did you first I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hole. <sighs> Good morning, Vietnam!
1: You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.